Pathway to Promise podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, episode number 114. Today, we're talking with Jeannie Schmidt, the author of Divine Drift, A Guide to Charting Your Course Through Life. The power of people pouring into other people can just keep you afloat when the seas are rough. And I think that that's a very, very important thing. Hi, this is Tony Ceballos, author of Forced Turnovers, a novel for racial unity. Dr. Brad Miller is all about helping you overcome adversity in your life here on the Pathway to Promise podcast. You're on the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes every person has a God-given promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose, and that you must have a plan and a guide to get there. The Pathway to Promise podcast not only is your guide through the wilderness of depression and disappointment that stand between you and your promised life, but also brings you insights and direction from inspiring, successful thought leaders who have transformed their lives. Welcome to the Pathway to Promise. Now, here's Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. I just want to just say how much I am so grateful, so incredibly grateful for you to take some time out of your life to share some thoughts and conversation about things that matter in our world, in our life. Today, we're talking about a very serious subject. We're talking about the diagnosis of cancer and how that impacts a person's life and how you can overcome that and how you can deal with that as we talk with author Jenny Schmidt and her book, Divine Drift, A Guide to Charting Your Course Through Life. Here at the Pathway to Promise, we are all about helping you do just that, to chart your course through adversity, through adversities like the diagnosis of a terrible disease like cancer, or to overcome the death of a family member, or perhaps it's a deal with a situation of debt or financial oppression, or maybe it's depression itself, or uh, perhaps something like a divorce. Any of these things can come along and just put us in the weeds. We're here to be helpful. At pathwayofpromise.com, our website, you can go there and get a free gift. There's also plenty of uh, other helpful resources for you, including lots of past episodes about uh, folks who have overcome some form of adversity to achieve their promised life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. That's what we're here to do, to help you overcome adversity. Today we're talking with Jeannie Schmidt, who was a, a, a successful person in the corporate world and found herself at a very young age being diagnosed with breast cancer. That threw her world upside down. She had to deal with things after being a woman who liked to be in control of lots of things in her life. She suddenly found herself in a position where she couldn't control everything, including this situation, the circumstance she found herself in of the diagnosis of breast cancer. So we're talking with Jeannie Schmidt today about how she got through this on her cancer journey and how she can speak into your life and give you some helpful tips and some processes that will help you, as she says, to chart a course through your life. You're going to love this conversation we have with Jeannie Schmidt, the author of Divine Drift, a guide to charting your course through life. Let's get into that conversation, good people, right now. We deal with several things in life, including the powerful experience of dealing with devastating diagnosis of disease. 
one of the things our special author today has done is to deal with that. Jeannie Schmidt comes out of a background as a leader. She was a leader of the corporate world and in the nonprofit environment. 20 years experience, she was a leader in all these areas and helping grow people and empowerment and and be a dynamic person. But then in 2002, she got diagnosed with breast cancer, and that certainly changed the course of her life. She persevered through surgeries and chemotherapy and still working in her positions and has lessons to share with us now about how she has moved through that and has some good things to share with you as she's written a book called called Divine Drift, A Guide to Shorting Your Course Through Life. And what she likes to say is you can launch your journey, pursue your purpose, and experience a new way of living. Welcome to Pathway to Promise, Jeannie Smith. Thank you, Dr. Brad. It is great to be here with you today. Yeah, what a privilege. What a privilege to have you here. You have quite a story to tell, Jeannie. Uh, so let's just get into it a little bit. Uh, you know, this podcast is all about folks who have faced down some significant adversity in their life. And let's just tell me your story a little bit, your background a little bit. And then, then when you ran into this, this wall that kind of slapped you, kind of knocked you down a little bit. So tell us your story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, we'd moved to Texas and uh, taken a position in a big company, a very large company um, that was very successful. And uh, going through that whole journey, um, I, there was a lot of stress. I tell this for a purpose. There was a lot of stress in the job. There was a lot of overwhelm. There were a lot of long hours. In the midst of all of that, after a few years into that job, I was diagnosed with a breast cancer. I was under the age of 40 at that point in time. It's really rare, actually. They have coalitions for young survivors is what they call them because it's not supposed to happen when you're this young. It was a complete surprise. We later did some of the genetic testing and there was no genetic markers. There was no reason for me to have had been diagnosed with cancer. Divine Drift does incorporate a lot about that journey, going through the cancer process, being diagnosed with it, and then just going through all of the challenges that go along with it and overcoming that in a way that was powerful. I like to say, well, I don't like to say it, but for many years, I actually hid the fact, not hid, but I didn't make it known that I was a cancer survivor because Mm. I didn't want it to define me. And so that's the kind of thing that I was all about was just being strong and taking care of things. And I learned a lot from that cancer journey. So Mm -hmm. I ended up having three surgeries, mastectomy and reconstruction over the course of about six months. And then I had four rounds of chemotherapy. So not a lot of fun, not a lot of fun at all. Surgery is a drug, drug, drama, dramatic trauma, and then the chemotherapy can often be, you know, just devastating, not only physical health wise, but it just you take a toll on you emotionally and in your relationships and so on. And, and then, so for whatever reason, then you have persevered through all that and you maintain your your professional life as well, and you're you're married and you have a have a life and children and grandchildren. Yes. Um, how did you, what kind of actions did you take? What kind of things did you do that broke up some patterns from where you were at before when you were kind of cruising along? What did you have to do now in order, what did you have to do after this event happened in order to get by daily and then to not only get by, but to thrive and to get to where you're at now? What are absolutely. some of the actions? Oh, yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I did was as soon as I was diagnosed, um, I, I got to say it gave me probably a week or two before I just faced it head on and said, I'm going to go tackle this. 
and I wasn't going to do it lying down. I was going to go in fully with all the knowledge and experience and information that I could. So I educated myself. Mm -hmm. I looked at what the options were. We interviewed doctors, asked a whole lot of questions, got second opinions, did not settle for anything where there was discomfort. And so it was bold in the sense that um, I would go into, because you're seeing a whole lot of doctors at that point, you're seeing just different ones and went into a surgeon, uh, my surgeon, the one who's going to be doing the reconstructive surgery and um, one and a half, eight by 11 pages questions to him. And I just wasn't going to sit there and, and just say, okay, this is what you're saying to me and this is how I need to do it. But I made sure that I had pe- the kind of doctors and the people who would support that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's important. A lot of people go into these diagnoses and I can't say that. I don't know that statistically, but um, a lot of people just go into the diagnoses and just kind of go through it. Whatever the doctor right. says is okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. And but there's also nothing wrong with asking those questions sure. and empowering yourself and advocating for yourself. The other yeah. thing I did was I, my husband or somebody was always with me and they were taking notes. They were writing things down because there is no way when you're in the midst of the, the things that you're thinking in the doctor's office and in the treatment rooms that you can do that on your own. So you, it's just important to not settle. If you're not comfortable with something, push back on it. Just take control of as much as you can. Sure, a very hear, hard situation. I hear you saying that not not to be passive, to be assertive, to take you know this is regarding your health, your body, mm-hmm. your life. Right. So you need to, to be involved, to be engaged, not di- disengaged in the process. Mm-hmm. And also in that process, you can have a fog. I mean, when you have such dramatic, traumatic news, you know it just can be just mess you up mind wise. So having someone else there, I know one of the things that I've done in my own life when I've dealt with my own father's cancer and things like that, mm-hmm. I would come in these days and just record a lot of it. And I would tell the doc, I'm going to record this conversation and, uh, yeah. and just do that. So, but yeah. I think that's awesome that you took bold action to be an advocate for, for yourself. Well, I just take myself, my uh, cell phone with me and just record it. And that's yeah. what, what, what yeah. I've done with my, uh, with my own health situations and, and my parents as I've taken them to medical appointments and so on and with some, you know, cancer. Let's talk a little bit of then about, uh, that's kind of what you did in terms of the action piece, mm-hmm. you know, the medical, you can sound like I can tell, but that's why I spent a little time with you. You're a research type person. You, <laughs> you, you dug in, you got into the, you got into the websites, you got into the books, you started mm-hmm. to talk to people who've had similar experiences. Am I right in any of this that you were, a uh, research person and d- dug into and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, all that kind of thing. But let's co- talk about the inner life a little bit. That's the, that's kind of the cognitive piece there, you know, mm-hmm. really, that kind of thing. What did you do in your inner life, your spiritual life, your meditation life, anything along the line of drawing on a higher power in order to mm-hmm. help you uh, to deal with this circumstances? Tell us a little bit about anything you did in that area or, or not. Um, actually, that is the uh, the spiritual side of it is the most powerful thing that carried me through personally. I leaned into uh, God is my 
higher being and leaned into him a whole lot uh, because I couldn't understand it. It made no sense to me. And so everybody stops and asks the question, why? And so I did. I started to lean into him and I'm like, I don't get this, God, and I don't understand why it's happening to me. I'm young. There's no reason for it. And so what I learned to do was a, a few things. One was there was power and praise. I've always been a worshiper. I love to just sing, even though I don't do it very well. Mm -hmm. I love to sing, to have the music on that just is uplifting and encouraging. And one of the things that I did was at that point in time, I had a red convertible Mustang. It was awesome. So in Texas. I'm I'm jealous (laughs) right now, man. I am jealous. (laughs) Yeah, in Texas. So uh, when I did eventually end up in the process of going through the chemotherapy, I usually drove alone and then my husband would meet me there just because he was still working. And, and what I would do is I would just put the top down on my car for my drive to the, to the chemotherapy where the infusion room was. And I would turn on the loudest, greatest music that was encouraging me and uplifting me. And it was faith-based music. Some of my favorite things that just poured truth and life and health and wholeness and well-being into my spirit. Because at that point, I'm saying that, yes, I'm singing loud, and I was singing loud, but tears were pouring down my face because I did not, and I did not want to face another chemotherapy. I was fortunate to only have to do four of them, but it was, it was not something <laughs> that was yeah. something that I wanted to have to walk through. So that was important to me was to have that power and praise. The other thing is, is um, for my chemotherapy, uh, one of the chemicals, which is one of the most toxic chemicals, Um, that's involved in the breast cancer treatments is called the red devil. And when the red devil would hit, uh, yeah, you're probably familiar with something like that. I've, I've heard of it. I, I, I know it's a powerful thing, but I don't know. I don't know the, you know, the the medical name and so on, but go go ahead, please. Yeah, no, actually I can't remember the medical name either, but the reason I share that is because when that you would actually be able to see it because it's red when it comes through the IV it's literally red, and you can feel it instantaneously when it hits your the inside of the IV. And wow. it hurts, and it's cold, and it's painful, and it's just the worst part of all. And so what would happen is, similar to being in my car, I took a video, a music video in, and the moment that little red devil got inside of my veins, I was, again... Now in the infusion room, again, I didn't sing out loud. <laughs> Those people wouldn't have liked it so much. <laughs> but um, it just empowered me. I knew and I envisioned because I'd actually had a word spoken over me one time during a prayer time that the red, that there would be red going down the drain. And at that point, I didn't even know that there was a red devil. And wow. so just there's so much power in praise. There's power in prayer. There's power in connecting with your higher power, in my case, God. And just completely leaning into him. I I am a strong-willed woman. (laughs) Um, I like to be in control. I've I've tried to, well, that's what divine drift is about. So I used to like to be in control. (laughs) I see. Okay. (laughs) And so, um, so yeah, just having all of that coming in so that the spiritual side was really strong for me. And that was, that was my greatest place to be journaling in the word, I spoke life over myself as well. I would speak the truths from the Bible that say that we're going to 
live the lives that God have us to live. So, so you're, you're feeding yourself good stuff through your music and through the message of the music. Uh, you know, even the kind of the tactile, tangible things of letting the top down of your convertible and the, you know, the wind blow you around and all that good stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, crank up the tunes and then you were journaling and other spiritual practices, which were helpful to you. That's, that's awesome. And that, I just, I'm just a huge believer, Jeannie, that, if we want to get through adversity, get through these tough times, you, you just can't do it on your own. You have to have that higher power with it that you draw upon. That's the source of the, of the power. Mm-hmm. I, I'm also a believer that we get fueled by our interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. And that is such an important part of the healing and wholeness process and, and getting, you know, overcoming our adverse conditions. Tell us about loving relationships or powerful interpersonal relationships what role, if any, did they play in helping you to, uh, you know, deal with this cancer diagnosis and all the process of getting through it, the chemo and so on? Tell us about the role your husband or anyone else played in this process. Well, my husband was there incessantly. There was never a moment that he wasn't out with me wherever we were dealing with whatever we were dealing with. There are so many parts to it. Um He was my advocate. He helped me keep my head on straight. He was my champion. There was nothing that that man wouldn't do um, for me to help make sure. And Mm -hmm. he's a guardian type person. And so uh, you can, you can bet that he was helping take care. So so unpack that for me just a little bit. Well, give me an example of what you mean by a guardian person or, you know, constantly there. Give me an example. Yeah. For example, when we went into the doctor's offices, I would be asking questions or just seeking out information he would press into them because I wasn't in a place to necessarily do that and get clarification because he knows me well. And Mm -hmm. he probably knew what was going on in my head and mind and that I couldn't think clearly. And so he would pull that out. And sometimes he had lists of questions himself so that he could make sure that I was being cared for the best way that I could. He uh, definitely stood up for me. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's very practical too, isn't it? It's not just the kind of the emotional support; just the practical, pragmatic thing of the mm-hmm. being an advocate and taking notes and asking questions and the things mm-hmm. that, that you need. Besides your own wherewithal, you, if you have someone else, kind of be your accountability person, but also mm-hmm. be your advocate. That's an awesome thing, and that's where I certainly believe that. I like to term it in terms, that's part of the fuel that helps to get us through. Uh, you know, the God, God or a spiritual force is the is the engine or the power and the fuel that helps us go is those, those relationships. And I want to find a little more about your, the pragmatic, the things that you did to get through things. Uh, what I'm talking about here now, Jeannie, is your, your disciplines or your habits or the changes of routines, whatever you did. Uh, this could have been, you know, journaling or could it be a health related, you know, diet thing or whatever. Tell us about what you did in your life that, to, uh, to help you get through this and your disciplines. Well, one of the things that I had to learn to do was to not isolate because at that point in time, I just wanted to pull back from those except for like my husband and not do that. And so one of the self-disciplines that I learned was to build that inner circle tightly and ask for help because as an independent, strong-willed woman, I didn't always reach out to everybody around me. And for a little while, my habits did not include in reaching out to other people. And so when I did that, one of the things that happened, it ties back to the emotional, but it's also a self-discipline, is I allowed those people who were surrounding me to be part of my life. Some, some of them came in when I was having tests done or after surgeries, and they would do praise and worship. They would come in and pray with me. I learned to accept help 
from them, which is, was a big change because I'm just a strong will. Yeah, you've mentioned that a few times now about being a strong-willed person, and that's that's certainly an admirable trait in many ways. And yet I'm hearing you say that in some ways independent streak and some ways uh, became a detriment to the healing powers of interdependence that you were needing from others and mm-hmm. other circumstances. So yes. unpack a little bit that for us, because, you know, there's a lot of uh, folks in, uh, who listen to Pathway to Promise who are strong-willed people, men and women. <laughs> But people who believe they can, a lot of us do believe that, man, I got to get, I got to deal with this on my own. You know, I got to figure, I got to figure this out. So unpack a little bit more about what was the inner struggle you went through to kind of find the proper place to be a strong, strong, uh, independent person and yet do put in the proper perspective in order to have healing take place. I just got to a place where I was at the end of myself. I couldn't do it even with Dave, my husband, and just got kind of shut down and isolated, as I said. So what I did was I approached the people in my corporate church community, and I just reached out to the ones that I knew well and trusted and said, look, this is what I need, and started asking for those things and went to them and consistently drew them in. In other words, I was like, this is what we need. Um, We need some food. We need somebody to watch me after surgeries. We need those kinds of things. And so it, it, it was actually kind of a pride thing, if you will. I think that's one of the things that's hard sometimes is my pride says that I don't, like you said, want anybody to have to help. I can mm-hmm. do it on my own. But I went to people. And then when they did put those situations together, there were times where people just, they brought food, they did all of those things and just accepting that. And for me, that was pretty hard. I just, I'm just not, I wasn't used to that at that point in time. I was wanting to do things my way. And that wasn't the best way because it wasn't getting the help I needed from everybody Mm. that could support me. So you were drifting away from your, your key (laughs) uh, values, it sounds like, and you had to be very intentional about getting back on course. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's what now you're trying to teach folks is this whole situation, this whole situation of the divine drift, the title of your book and you call it a, a guide for charting your course through life so i'm uh, i'm working on the presumption that a lot of this life experience that you have had now goes into your book and how you share this with other folks you say it's your guide helping your guide people through life what are some of the things that you're you're doing here in in divine drift that you, that you believe can speak into people's lives well divine drift really talks about the three d's of drift and what those are is how we live our lives we've taken it through three steps the first one is disengaged and that's when people are floating through life they're just coasting letting the rough seas of life take them wherever they're really going it doesn't you know they don't have a pattern or a path or direction and they're they're willing to settle for something called I call comfortable complacency, which is not your best life. And it's not the life that God meant, means us to live. He wants us to have a full thriving life. It may not be a bad life, but mm-hmm. it's not going to be your best life. And so the very front part of the book, I talk about that. I talk about, are you disengaged? And if you are, why are you? And it's for faith-based and non-faith-based people But the focus is on those faith-based people because sometimes in the midst of all of those trials and challenges, we kind of slip away from our relationship with God because we're so consumed with everything that's going on around us. And that's really, we need to be engaged with him so that he can help us through that. So so disengaged, that's where we 
pull away and just to just keep it in the faith-based realm for just a second, mm-hmm. some of us might call that sin or that which separates us from mm-hmm. the holy, from, from God. That's another way to look at it, at least I would say, disengagement. So go on now. There's another D here. Mm-hmm. The next one is determined. And that's the one I lived in for several years. And that's the one I was in while I was going through my cancer journey. Um, and that is uh, when you're determined to be the one in control of the helm of your boat. In other words, I've got my boat, I've got the helm, and I'm steering it the way I want to. And every once in a while, or maybe even often, you're going to allow God in, but mostly you're determined to do it your way. For many, the cases is that we only invite God in when we think it's going to turn out the way we want it to. And we might even shape it. And it's not bad to ask God those things or to share those things with God. But it's really not the best because we're focused still on selves, letting them in sometimes. And if it's convenient or how we want it to be, but it's not your best. It's better than disengaged, but it's not your best life. Yeah, it's, still, it's on your terms instead of God's terms. You're trying Precisely. to shape shape God instead of letting God shape us. So, mm-hmm. okay, so we've got disengaged. We've got determined. What do we have next? The next one is divine drift. And that's when you choose to turn the helm over to God. I just uh, usually paint it in a picture, if you will, if you just picture whatever ship or sailing vessel that you would be on. And instead of you being at that helm, he's got the helm. And then you're in the boat with him and you're alongside with him. He's not uh, overtaking you. It is a partnership. It is a working together in that space. But we allow him to be the one who navigates those rough waters of life with us instead of being the ones who are trying to lead it. And usually that is the best way to be. I, I, in my experience, that's, it's not easy, but it's definitely the best. Well, just to expand the metaphor a little bit, if you'll allow me to, it's just like it's sailing with the wind instead of against the wind. You know, you're yes. you're you are uh, going uh, or downstream instead of upstream. But we could you know we could play with the metaphor a, a lot. But you know, when you're going against the will of God, then it's kind of tough. You can maybe sustain it for a little while, but not forever. But when you're within the will of God, as you say, you call it divine drift, which I love that turn of a phrase there in terms of you are going along with God's will, and that can take you to places that you may never have envisioned you could go on your own. So who, who is this book for? Who, who are we writing this book for? Who's your audience here? My audience is anybody who's been through those challenges, but specifically um, 25 to 50-year-old women who are facing this because one of the things that has come through from the cancer journey, it's never about yourself. And so I want to be able to draw alongside those women who have have had the challenges in life. I mean, men can't use the book, but it's really targeted for women because I've been there, got the T-shirt, and and you are you are one you are one of those characters, aren't you? My goodness, yes, I am. <laughs> well, that's uh, that is awesome. Well, let me ask you then. I'll just I'll just uh, take a risk here and ask you if you've had opportunity to share your teachings here with folks, you know, twenty five to fifty year old women, and if so, how. How has it been uh, helpful to those folks? Well, actually, the way that that's happened for me typically is that there will be women who are dealing with breast cancer. I'll be connected with them, and I just walk through that journey with them. Sometimes it's literally attending, being in the infusion rooms with them. Sometimes it's just talking with them. Sometimes it's 
um, coaching them on how to challenge, you know, how to go through these things of life. So it, it can be done in many ways. That personal contact and you've got the learning and the teaching, some of the experiences that you had mm-hmm. or you're sharing with uh, with mm-hmm. your readers and folks who are connecting up with you. That's awesome. Well, what would you, let's just say that um, that there's a person listening to us right now who is in that position right now, who, who has recently had a diagnosis of breast cancer, maybe they're 30 or 31 years old. What are you going to say to them? What, what, you know, they're, maybe they're in that foggy situation. Like you mentioned, you had that 10 days or so period before you really kind of got your act together and started taking action. Maybe they're just, just getting through that shock moment and they're getting ready to do what's next. What do I do next? Mm -hmm. What can you share with that person, Jeannie, that helps in whatever next step is for them? I would say that the next step is just drawing those people around you, those support groups, connecting with those people, just leaning into them and trusting that they're going to be there for you so that then as you take this journey, you can you, you build your support circle, if you will, that's going to help you carry through that journey into whatever it looks like, because sometimes it's a long journey, sometimes it's a short journey. But I think that's really important. I've seen and experienced many times when the power of people pouring into other people can just keep you afloat when the seas are rough. And I think that that's a very, very important thing. And I might say another resource for that person might be to get the book Divine Drift, a guide for charting your course in life. So, Jeannie, if folks want to be in contact with you or learn more about your book or how to get it or find out what else you are all about, how can they do that? Well, you can reach me on my website at www.jeannieschmidt.com, or I have a Facebook page, a Facebook author page that's Jeannie Schmidt Coach, and I'm on Instagram as well. Okay. Or you can contact me on Facebook Manager. I, I'm a messenger, not manager, Facebook Messenger. Um, and I'm willing to be open if people feel like that we have a connection. I would be glad to just even listen. I am a listener. Um, I care. And I do want to help people through these journeys. Well, you obviously have that uh, healing heart, that heart of an encouraging person. You've had those folks speak into your life, and now you are have been doing it and ready to speak into more people's lives and to expand that influence. And we mm-hmm. certainly appreciate what you are doing and folks are facing the adversity of things like depression and things like a diagnosis of disease and all the things that go around it. This can be a great resource for that person. And so our, our guest today is that kind of person to be helpful in your life. Jenny Smith, the author of divine drift, a guide for charting your course and through life. Thank you for being our guest today on The Pathway to Promise. Thanks again for that awesome conversation we were able to have with Jeannie Schmidt, the author of Divine Drift, A Guide Through Charting Your Course Through Life. You can find out more about her book and what she's up to at JeannieSchmidt.com. We'll put our connection to her website and how to get her book. Uh, in our show notes, so you can make a connection with her there. I did want to point out a couple of key points that I think that we can be aware of that can be helpful to us as we look at in our own pathway to overcome adversity to achieve your promised life. I think uh, I wanted you to understand that she was a successful person in the corporate world and how this diagnosis of cancer uh, really changed the course of her life. And she changed her course of her life through this pathway that she chose to do, and that could be helpful to you.
What did she do? She started by educating herself, talking to the doctors, doing her research. She didn't settle. She asked good questions. She also focused in her inner life, her spiritual life, and she sought out the power of praise and music and prayer. And you heard her talk about driving with the top down in her convertible and being empowered to sing it out to the top of her voice, leaning into the power of prayer, leaning into Christ, reading her Bible. She talked about the loving relationship she had with her with her husband, who was her advocate and champion and good note taker at her medical visits and how that was important and how he would help her gain clarity. And I want you to hear that as a way that we can gain clarity in our life by having a good advocate, a good partner in things, lean on other people. And how she then disciplined herself to do just that, to lean on other people where she was used to being often an independent type person. She did not allow herself to isolate herself, since she humbled herself to call upon others for help, overcame any pride she had in that. That led her to the process, which she shared with us in her book, The Three D's of Drift, she calls it. The first D is the tendency we have to disengage, that has become comfortable and complacent. Uh, I would call it falling into depression, perhaps. She talked about the determined stage, which is where we're trying to do things on our own, where we're in control. And she talked about how we want to be is a divine drift, is where we turn the helm over to God as we let God then guide our journey and be in partnership with God. Some good things there from Jenny Schmidt. Get her book. You can find it at JennySchmidt.com, and it should be available soon on Amazon and other locations. Here at the Pathway to Promise podcast, we're all about helping you, good people, help you in your life with great resources like uh, this author, uh, our author guest today, Jenny Schmidt. At PathwayPromise.com, we've got lots of other great resources for you. We've got a free gift for you there, a guide to how to plan your life, as well as connections to lots of other podcast episodes that can be helpful to speak into your life. We're here to help. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. I have a lifetime of ministry and service and, uh, and, and experience and transformational leadership here to be helpful to you, good people. So until next time, here at the Pathway to Promise, remember, friends, keep your promises because there's power in a promise kept. Thanks so much for taking the Pathway to Promise with Dr. Brad Miller. As a subscriber, you'll be a vital part of the Pathway to Promise community. Visit us on the web at pathwaypromise.com. Until next time, remember to stay on your Pathway to Promise.